Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Mead. And today we're doing something a little different. Our team attended the virtual inbound conference. That's HubSpot's annual conference where they give product updates, uh, what's coming down the pipeline, a lot of great sessions on how to create better content, how to create you know, and manage databases and all the things you can do within HubSpot. And today we're gonna really recap a lot of what we talked about. And this was previously recorded on a LinkedIn Live uh, that Story and I did. So I hope you enjoy. If you have a virtual ticket to Inbound, you can watch all of the sessions we talked about and more at inbound.com. Thanks everybody. All right, hello everybody. My name's Alex at Peacons Point. We're here with Story. Story, say hi. Yes. So we are trying something out. We've uh, never done a LinkedIn Live before. So if we are failing miserably or <laughs> things seem to be going weird, uh, that is why. But uh, because of inbound just happened last week, we've had a couple days to, uh, you know, it's Tuesday here. We had a day to kind of like refresh and think about everything that we saw and that we listened to and we heard and the conversations offline about it and wanted to share some of our updates so like the things that we really like really caught our eye you know as an inbound hubspot agency partner agency and so that's what we're going to do today uh if you're here joining and you want to add some comments of your favorite sessions or things and we can have conversations about them uh full disclosure we also just attended virtually so there was plenty of great sessions there was a lot of great um you know, more like workshop style things that happened live at the event uh, that we did not, were not able to attend to. So this is really more for all of those virtual users out there that that caught the caught the session. So one of the things that I wanted to kind of start with is obviously, you know, HubSpot does a big feature with their with their HubSpot, you know, the big spotlight, what's going on with HubSpot, what are some of the updates. And this year it was run by uh, Yamini, the CEO, um, it was Stephanie, the CPO, and Darmesh, the co-founder, were on stage. And really, this is the narrative that they've been setting up. And they've been setting this up over the last few months. And it's something that we've also talked about with our clients as, as like HubSpot is a tool that is part of an ecosystem, is that we're really like at this age of, of, a con- of like a connected customer. And that a lot of companies have what they're calling like a crisis of disconnection. Um, I love the dramatics on this, by the way. Um, and it, it really kind of hits it home because a lot of times we talk with clients and data's here, emails are there, uh, you know, they're, they're using social over here, they're using something else for quotes, something else for PDFs, and all this information is really haphazardly, you know, in a bunch of different tools because when you need it, you just go figure out a solution. And more and more brands like HubSpot are, you know, tools are, are bringing in all of these tools inside uh, a single product to kind of bring that connectivity. Uh, there some more updates here. So that's kind of like one of the big updates that they had is kind of this age of, uh, the crisis of disconnection and that we have all these different, different information everywhere, but some of the updates that, that came through a product updates that I think are important to talk about is, uh, a lot of people are using, uh, you know, they release payments, uh, by, I think blast inbound, this idea of like, you can run payments through HubSpot with an integration with Stripe and a few others. Um, and what they've now added and they, you know, customers have spoken and they listened is now you can do payment schedules. So a lot of service-based industries, um, you know, like ourselves send, send invoices out on, on this day, it's this much part of a bigger project. And so now you can do payment schedules. You can break out a larger lump sum into milestones or timed events. And so that'll be huge for a lot of people out there. Um, some other updates, there's more product syncs coming to operations hub. Uh, and this is really 
Right now, they have some native uh, product syncs to QuickBooks and Shopify, but they're opening that up. There's now about 20 other, um, you know, 20 other sync apps in the product library. So, you know, again, this crisis of disconnect, they're, they're creating new ways and additional ways through Operations Hub to bring that data in into HubSpot and sync back and forth as it seems uh, necessary. Um, there's also more invoice syncs. Again, that's kind of with the QuickBooks. Um, they'll be with Dynamics 365, NetSuite, and a few others. And this is kind of just expanding their ability, your ability to connect with other platforms and tools to get all that data into one spot so it's more useful. Uh, there's going to be more data sync health. Uh, and again, that's kind of through Operations Hub. And there's going to be more integrations to clean that data because your, your reports and your information is only good as your data. And if you have bad data, you have bad reports, you have bad information, all that other fun stuff in there. Um, there's more developer development improvements. There's more sandbox environments. I mean, this might be going over some people's head that are, that are kind of using HubSpot for marketing. Um, but a lot of that stuff is coming where you're going to see more of that. There is going to be a GitHub integration as well um, with some of the enterprise suites where you'll have more integration there. Again, bringing more of your information into one spot to make more informed decisions is really the goal here. Um, yeah, and those are kind of the biggest ones that that are, that are coming. There's going to be some more property validations. There's going to be kind of more of the technical, you know, maybe like RevOps or your, your marketing ops people that are going to get super excited about with like data model overview to see like where things are connected to. Um, there's going to be a new custom object builder that will, um, you know, be easier to create new custom objects in the enterprise level suites. Um, so there's a lot of great stuff coming. If you have any questions on that, always you can reach out to us at any time. And now that we've gone, kind of gone through, you know, some of like the big updates within HubSpot, we want to go through, we each kind of picked a few sessions that we attended that we really thought were impactful. Um, and we're kind of just talk about them a little bit. So Story, why don't you, why don't you start us off? Yeah. Well, I wanted to let everybody know as well. I have the comments up on LinkedIn. So if you comment in real time, if Alex, you want to, we can answer them. I can read them off. Anybody drops a comment. Yeah. There. So you just drop it into the live session on LinkedIn. Okay. So one of my favorite, well, I have three favorite ones, but one of my favorite ones was the power of creativity and B2B marketing. I feel like both Amy and Jim did a really good job talking about well, Amy's quote was B2B creative shouldn't be an oxymoron, which I loved because I think for a long time, people think of B2B as boring or you don't really get to do anything fun with it. And I think that you still want to be attracting your audience and you want to like bring those like attributes to your brand. And I thought that she, they did a really good job just explaining how to do that. And a couple of them were like, be clear, be persuasive, engaging and actionable. And those are a couple of things that set out and me, like to me as a marketing manager, like you want to make sure that all of your content has all or some, at least some of those aspects. So I thought that that was a really great take was don't be boring. <laughs> like make sure that you're, make sure, honestly, like it can be boring. <laughs> yeah. So like she did have four, I think bullet points, like make big bets. Remember B2B decisions maker makers are human. They're not businesses. And then forge emotional connection and recognize great creative. And she threw out the hashtag B2B brilliant. And I, it's like B2B and the, uh, the last B is part of brilliant. And you can go like, you can hashtag all of your good content to that. And then you could go through and it'll be archived. You'll be able to like see what everybody else is posting, get some inspiration from that. So I thought that that was 
really cool that they brought that up to however many people are in that session, over 4,000 people. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Yeah. That's, I, there, there's what I love about inbound is it's bringing so many different types of speakers and presenters mm -hmm. with different points of view and different, different like uh, backgrounds and perspectives. Um, yeah. And it's always, it's always things that of course we understand the creativity is important in B2B uh, marketing, but yeah. how, how she's able to bring that together. Um, yeah. One of the ones that I love. So I, so if anybody has ever seen Jay uh, Schwedelson, Sorry, if I don't that correctly. <laughs> uh, but you know, he's presented at some of our hug events that we've hosted. Um, he speak he spoke at Inbound this year and last year, and uh, maybe one of my favorite presenters. He's he's a lot. He's in your face. It's great, um, and and I love his personality and his decks. His presentations are always uh, built with data, and I love it. And so this one was email tips: do this, not that. And I think honestly, he does this probably once a month with new data. And so he is the founder of SubjectLine.com. Um, and, and world data, I think world data, um, some other email yes. marketing platforms, um, that, that they get this data from. And so everything he talks about is data driven. So it's never a, this is my hypothesis based on nothing. It's is all information from his, from his, uh, from their platform. And so like, I absolutely, absolutely love that. And so a few takeaways, I'm going to try to, you know, I don't want to stick too long on this, but there's some great stuff. One of the things he talked about was like user generated content, uh, huge increases right now in click-through rates and open rates. And by that is, you know, using words like, um, you know, using words like, like 20 of our, 20 of our five-star reviews and counting things that are coming from your client. It doesn't have to be like videos or photos. Your, your clients are, your customers are creating, but more about including reviews, including data, you know, see what people are saying about this best selling product. Um, that stuff is all going up right now in terms of, in terms of click through rates, um, uh, animated gifts. We'll debate how you say that, but it's gifts to me. Um, also huge increase. And, you know, if you're, if, if you're involved in any of our marketing, uh, we use a lot of gifts just because we like them. Not, you know, this is good news for us because maybe we're getting more open <laughs> opens and clicks because of it. Um, but, but, you know, those are some big things that are going on. Um, some of the other data that I really, that I really liked, um, is, uh, sorry, let me find his, his decks are amazing, but there's so many slides that you have to really find the data you're looking for. Um, so for, for so we all know personalized tokens are important and there's been a lot of like pushback of, you know, everyone's using your first name in your subject line and like, cool, you know, everybody knows that's just a token that's pulling from a data from CRM. Um, but data is showing that in the first email somebody gets from you. So let's say they sign up for an email list. Maybe they bought a product. Um, if you use the first name in the subject line, the likelihood of them staying in that, you know, them continuing to open goes up by 85%. And so, there's been all is there, there's you know everyone everyone can kind of pushes back and forth on if they want to use that in the in the subject line but in your first email to them uh, from from like marketing or automation you should certainly do that you're going to get a huge bump in opens and they're going to stay with you continue to open and engage longer um, some other some other kind of exciting things uh, I don't know how I feel about this one but data you can't you can't lie you can't lie about the data is uh, everybody likes to celebrate things. And so, you know, like there's a, there's today's International Donut Day, Box Wine Day. There's there's so many different like international days and people are opening those. They are increasing 
subject or they are increasing open rates right now. Um, and so that's pretty exciting. So here's some kind of more quick tips that I think were, were interesting. Um, Sorry, we send a lot of emails about webinars coming up. And sometimes we say this Thursday it's coming up mm -hmm. next Wednesday. It's coming up. Uh, if you just put tomorrow in your subject line versus the day, uh, tomorrow has a 28% higher open rate than if you say the day of the week. So I think when you say the word tomorrow, people a sense of urgency that they need to act. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was kind of interesting. Um, the, you know, I thought this was also interesting, kind of email related, um, but it, he called it the three second rule. And if it takes a redirect that takes longer than three seconds to load, um, you'll have a 30% higher abandon rate. Like people don't want to wait more than three seconds for something to load. And I think that's an that's a fact that you can use all across all all websites. Anything that's loading is it's got to be fast, otherwise people will bounce. I do it all the time. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> I do it all the time. And then here's okay. Here's the last one. And you know, I think we're all guilty of this, but eighty percent of emails are sent on the hour. So they're sent like within like let's say you send an email that goes out at nine o'clock a.m. Uh, eighty percent of emails are sent at eight o'clock. So emails are coming in at 8.05, 8.03. And you don't want to be like everybody else. You don't want to get lost in the crowd. So maybe experiment with open sending emails at different times of the day. Um, you know, 70% of emails traffic occurs within the first 10 minutes of every hour. So like just crazy amounts of email traffic goes out every hour in the first 10 minutes. And a lot of traffic comes that way. So try to get outside of that. And, um, you know, you'll get your open rates up by 17% if you send it a different time from his data. Um, that's, I don't know. He's got also like what, what there was an, uh, subject lines and emojis are huge right now as well. Um, we can all get a little caught up in using emojis or don't want to use emojis, but um, top five emojis last 60 days. Uh, the clock, <laughs> time clock, uh, the, the hourglass, check marks, hearts, uh, the top number one looks like uh, an avocado. Why? He said his daughter told him he used the avocado wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happens to everybody. But, uh, you know, certainly check that one out. If you guys did get session, if you do get tickets, uh, it's worth a watch and in, in getting the deck to go over some of that data. Um, awesome. But yeah, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of good actionable things to think about right now in your marketing with all of his sessions at all times. What do you Alex, story? when do you when do you open your emails? Like, what time do you normally open them? Um, it depends. Sometimes I, if I'm feeling uh, if I'm feeling groovy, I'll you know the morning as I'm getting ready for the day. Maybe I'll go yeah. through and and like delete things that I don't need. Um, mm -hmm. But I would say once I sit down to, at work, I really go through them. Okay. And some I some I just earmark to do later, to read yeah. later. Yep. I may never come back to them, but <laughs> they're there. <laughs> yeah, they're there. Yeah. When do you open any emails? First thing in the morning. I like to see what's going on. Like very first thing I do. <laughs> Whether or not that's healthy or not, I don't know. <laughs> but that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's next for you? What's, what's your next session? 
So another one of my favorites, and it's not just because her dog Trigger was on the bed the whole time being adorable, but uh, <laughs> it was Take Your Webinars from Boring to Buzzworthy. It was Emily Dick and Alyssa Peltier with Cvent. They basically wrapped up everything that you should know about webinars, like what you should be doing with them from before and after to repurposing and publishing it. So they gave you 10 tips. So I will go through them very quickly because I think that all of them are equally important. So they both did a great job just explaining like how you should like start to promote it at least six weeks out, which I love. I think that's a good marker. Six weeks gives you enough time to do everything that you need to do. And then, so her for their first tip was put your audience first. So think about what content that they're looking for. Yeah obviously number two would be to try out new formats so don't be stuck on like just one like what we're doing right now like we're trying out a live and instead of just doing a webinar and then releasing it later or like just doing an ama you do a fireside chat multi-day event lunch and learns just mix it up i think it really like attract a new audience you don't know where like you're gonna find someone that might be of value so start with a plan the audience can tell you when uh when you have to put in the effort and not to like waste your time so that starts again with a six-week planning out like make sure you know ahead of time everything that you're going to do so you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off <laughs> um, yeah. use the right to <laughs> use the right tools depending on what you want to experience like for the audience you need the tools to support that so obviously like i look up reviews for things go on youtube just getting as much knowledge as you can beforehand Brand your space. I thought that was a fun one. I love that. Like a little backdrop, something like a coffee mug, just something in the background saying like who you're with, who you are, promoting yourself. Like even yesterday, the web or the podcast we uh, we did with Jeff, he had a book. I thought that was so great. His book was right there. I was like, that's so cute. I love that he did that. So he must have been at this session <laughs> and listened to them. So uh, I do like your yeah. timely placed uh, Beacon's Point coffee mug right there. On the I literally grabbed it. Right <laughs> I was like, I have to take my own well, their advice that I'm pushing on people. <laughs> but um, hopefully you can see it. But yeah, so also the same thing is kind of like what uh, Jay was saying. Use graphics, graphics and videos like it brings up the talking a bit. And we do that. I love using a GIF. I think it's just so much fun. And it's a way to like show your personality, like your brand's personality. And interacting with your audience is a big one. Just staying available and accessible and then answering their questions. So give away great content. That was a huge one at Inbound. When they would do a giveaway, I wouldn't even look at the chat. I was like, this is wild. <laughs> like, it was too much. It was like <laughs> a rave in the comments. And so, but it it worked. They had people there. They were listening. They were attentive. It was great. Like they re like called back to old stuff they were saying. It was super smart. <laughs> and then one of my favorites, just repurposing your content, like work smarter. Like if you have this, like turn it into a blog, turn it into another podcast, turn it into anything that you want. I think that's a duh, but just instead of thinking of all the new content you can use, do that. And then like create a can't miss event, like live moments, plan moments that people like will not want to not be a part of, you know what I mean? Like make sure that they want to attend. So using different, like what, what is that subject line generator we use for webinars that like lets you know how oh um, it is? what's that called oh it's from co-schedule it's Co just yeah. like subject line analyzer i love it i think it's so shout cool. out co-schedule Co shout out co-schedule i just think it's really helpful and i think that like helps you like eliminate any 
guessing to it. And it, it will I mean you could still, you know, <laughs> maybe not have yeah, a great webinar, yeah. but it helps a little bit. I think stuff like that's cool. Just like crafting those great graphics yeah. and the subject line and all that. And then the description. So I thought those tips were awesome. And I thought that they did a really good job just summing up like what you need to do to have an effective webinar. Yeah. I mean, I think it, th th that information, there's a lot of people talking about that, but you can't get enough of it because no. it's so easy to fall into the same, the same path of, of webinars. Oh, we got to get a deck and, and oh. like creating webinars are a lot. And it, it sometimes is hard to step out and say, what would make this like the best webinar we've ever made? And it's tough to do that every time, but you got to change it up. The topic is a big part of it too. Like, is this something that somebody cares about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you like, sometimes yeah. you can't avoid the topics people don't care about, but you know, it all yeah. kind of, hopefully you find somebody that cares. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought like every time I listen to something that gives me new tips on a webinar, I'm like, oh, wow. Like you just learn something, a little nugget each time. So I thought that was a great one. Yeah. And also anybody that is listening, if we have anybody listening and you went to a session, put it in the, put it in the comments. Um, and you know, we can talk about it or anything that you thought was a great session that people can connect with. Um, yeah, please. Especially like yeah. if we can go back and look at them or anything like that, like that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. So I want to talk about, um, one of the sessions that a few people on our team and myself attended was getting smart about smart content with Mike, uh, K Tatum. Um, another shout out to a hug speaker. So Mike, thanks for supporting the workflow and automation hugs. Um, uh, but this is, this is a great content. And I, th I think smart content is the most underutilized tool in HubSpot that has the biggest impact. And I, I just, I, I'm so glad that this was a session. I'm glad that Mike was talking about it because I don't think enough people are talking about it because it's, it's kind of like, oh, you got to use smart content. Cool. Uh, but there's not enough strategies and understanding of how to use it properly. And smart content can be used in so many different ways. You know, we use it in our in our going back to webinars, webinar emails, instead of sending one that says, thanks for coming or one that says, sorry, we miss you. You can simply do smart content to say who didn't come and who didn't come and use the same email. Um, but so, you know, without going into like the full, everything that he talked about, but it's really the idea that we should be thinking about it more because it's a great way to personalize your content at scale. And it's not really that more, it's not that difficult. Um, there's some foundation you have to do you got to build, you know, more segmented lists of people that how do you want to divide out what people are going to, what would information you can get based on what actions they've taken, what segment they're on, what pages they viewed, um, or doing it by life cycle stage. If someone comes to your website, that's a sales qualified and, you know, why don't you show them more, more case study proof of concept stuff first, get a more down funnel content versus awareness. If they've coming in as a subscriber, you know, you can send them something more high level um, and, and so on. And so utilizing that to create more personalized content. Um, and I think starting small and even just trying it within emails. So, you know, you're sending out an email to your database. Why not change some of the content, some of the, some of the visuals, some of the, um, you know, some of the, the text, some of the other things that are being shown based on, an action they've taken or where they are in the life cycle stage. Um, again, highly recommend watching that one. Uh, that one's kind of hard to recap, except you should be doing it. And there's a bunch of ways to be doing it. Um, and HubSpot's smart content tools make it really easy to do that. Uh, if you have questions on that, you know, of course you can always reach out to us um, and we can, we can kind of walk you through some of this use cases we use it for. Uh, but doing it in emails is a huge one, doing it on landing pages, doing it on, um, 
you know, maybe pillar pages or, or like high offer intent pages as well are really useful. What do you got, Story? Well, let's say Jay gave a couple of good tips for that, like for a landing page that directs someone, like you said, like that add the review, add a review on there, add another action yeah. on there. I thought like just that, some of the stuff Jay said was saying, like in reference to that is just customizable. And I thought that was a great, yeah, great idea on his part. Uh, and of course, like you can't go without <laughs> talking about Neil Patel. I love social media. So I, of course, went to his how to navigate marketing around certain social algorithms. So he gave a fun little, I guess it was just like an algorithm. Let me see how to say this. Okay. So he wrote it out and he created like a little function. So it's S equals AS multiplied by L plus WPCI. It's kind of silly, but I thought it was funny. And he says like success equals algorithm signals times learning plus what people can't ignore <laughs> but I love it I loved it it was so nerdy I was like this is great and so it's it's true he's like take away what you know about algorithms and multiply it by what you know works so like what people are going to pay attention to like I knew that was some bar social posts like well that was a flop and this was really good let's start doing it more that way so he's just calling out the truth I love that and yeah. he gave a couple hacks <laughs> quote unquote of like how to beat each algorithm and this is going to change it's all you never know if it's actually going to work but I think that it's worth giving things a shot and one of the big ones I would say like out of all five of these I have listed here is just interaction like just making sure you're interacting with your audience like that's going to get you probably some of the best like audience interaction and just views that you want so YouTube is Within the first 24 hours of video being published, you should like make sure that all notifications are coming through to your phone or like an email or something like that. So you go back and you interact with them basically as soon as they happen or shortly after. And I think that that's a great way to show other users that that content's important. That's kind of something that YouTube's been doing for a long time. And the same goes along with LinkedIn is within the first four hours of your post being live more engaging comments like stay engaged like yeah. you can't just post and run because i guess sometimes it could work but if you want your content to be shared and talked about like that's that's what you need to do tiktok's an interesting one you obviously need the content and you need to use like trending sounds or ideas but again <laughs> he really really touched <laughs> on the comments i think and like he knows what he's talking about. So I was like, all right, well, let's listen to Neil. <laughs> and so I thought that he had an interesting st statistic for Facebook. He said, my video content that is over five minutes long generates a, an average of 268% more engagement than his short form content. I was like, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. <laughs> so that I mean, doesn't even make any sense. Like, <laughs> but I think that that's a great starting point for someone that doesn't do any video content. Just do a long form video. Like you're already setting that stage like for yourself to do well. So I thought that, <laughs> that statistic yeah. was outlandish. <laughs> but I, it was, I thought it was yeah. really cool. What I like about, what I like that he laid out is we all know you should go comment when people yes. comment on your LinkedIn post. Do that. We, we know you should do it. But yeah. he, he like lays it out and says, okay, you need to do it in the first 24 hours. You need to be on it, yeah. on it, on it, because that's how Maybe it gets days later. Up. Like it doesn't yeah. matter anymore. And, and YouTube, like first 24 hours, you need to post it here. You need to do all yep. these things. 
um, that everything you can do. And I think there's I, a big like, I, I love YouTube, the data but... here. Yeah, yeah, well, I do too. Like the the I think the point is that he just is doing. He, he laid it out and gave you a timeline, yeah. and it's yeah. things we all know. And I think, like my biggest takeaway from that is, posting is really important. Getting creating the content that people want is is important. But even yeah. everything that happens once it's posted is also just as important. And yeah. I don't know if people put enough time into that. It's like, we no. know we should do it. Oh, someone commented, I'll post back. But it should be more intentional with mm-hmm. the after post strategy, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so like he, he talks about it a little differently with Instagram. And it's timely because it's what we're doing is creating live content at least twice a week. So Instagram users yeah. are craving that live content, but not many people are producing it. And I get a notification on my phone every time someone goes live that I follow because I'm interested. I want to see like what they're doing. If it's a brand or one of my friends, not too many of my friends go live, but you know, like a brand, I want to see like how they're doing it, like AMA style, like what what it's going to be like. And so I think that that's something that more people should be doing. And Google, this is one of them is like the biggest or one of the largest factors in Google's algorithm is brand queries. So when more people search for your brand on Google, it shows you of loyalty and you're less likely to create false info or fake news. So it's just building trust through your audience and posting relevant things that are going to be helpful to them. Helpful content. update. (laughs) It all just, you know, flows in together. So yeah. It all comes together. So yeah, I thought his little hacks were, 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 you know, nice to like put in the back of your mind, like to think about with your social content is stay on top of engagement and just like be where the people are, go live, do all that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Those were our top sessions. There's of course, uh, countless other sessions that, you know, we attended throughout our team or they're going to rewatch. Um, so there's plenty more to, to be excited about. I think it was a, a great inbound. Um, and so to close us out story, what was your, like, what would you say your biggest takeaway from, from inbound was? One of my biggest takeaways, I think personally was Obama's speech. I think he was lovely. I think it was great. It brought the feels. <laughs> I think we all really enjoyed that. And then aside from that, like on a marketing perspective, I really think just like, I love being creative and I think that a lot of the inbound sessions were about creativity and like being yourself and bringing more of yourself to brands. And I think that was right up my alley. And I really enjoyed a lot of the sessions that talked on that, but yeah, those yeah. are my two fave. <laughs> what about yours? Yeah. Uh, my favorite part, let's see. Um, I think was the, so if you were, if you attended in person, you would not have experienced this. But I think uh, the the virtual is the comment section of all of the sessions. Yes. Um, Shout out, Ashley. <laughs> thing, yeah, Ashley, uh, power user on the uh, Obama <laughs> chat. But just like one, how funny people can be, like how how quick so and good. witty they can be, so and then two, the things people say in a live public chat are hilarious to me. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think that could be a you know maybe we need to start a Twitter account. It's like <sighs> things said in live comments of events. Um, I think I have 20 screens. That that was <laughs> yeah, if I if I had to pick something, I mean, I think I think I think uh you know like really really like the theme of this year and they did this through speakers and they did this through, you know, the keynote speakers was like this eight, like this disconnect that we all have. And I think, you know, Obama's overall theme as talking was that we are disconnected as a as a society, as a people, as a country, technology like and I think it, I think it's it's true, and it's not just a 
you know, this is us as a society and people, but also our, our technology is disconnected. Um, and some of it is by bad design of technology and some of it is, you know, people not knowing the right way to do it. And so I thought it was pretty interesting to see kind of that overall theme of inbound and, and kind of HubSpot's rebranding a little bit and some of their updated kind of messaging around that, I think is, is, is really helpful. And I think it's kind of, it's pretty, it speaks to where we are as a country. Um, story. I don't know. So like talk about an old guy here. Uh, I don't <laughs> know how to post this on the comments. I tried to find it on LinkedIn, but if you guys are interested, gotcha. uh, we do have a, um, we call it the marketers base camp. It's a subscription email. We send out kind of things that are going on in the marketing world, helpful tips and content from sources, you know, trusted content marketing and marketing sources across the web. Uh, we just did a recap of that in an email uh, kind of to give you that idea. And we have those going out every two weeks. So if you don't yeah. mind tossing that in the comments, wherever that lives, it is story there. for me. And yeah. Uh, yeah, join that and get free free marketing info and more more gifts. Usually well, office, more. Usually office yeah. or Schitt's Creek. Yep. I feel like we need to, I think we need like a rule that says like, Beacon's Point can only use one office quote per, per week. Per week. In marketing. Internally or externally? Just externally. <laughs> internally, there's no limit. I can't promise no the limit. internal one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Did you well, want to talk about right. the one we have next week? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, it's uh, it's Thursday. Oh, oh, my gosh. Not next week. It's in a couple days. Yeah. The yeah. 15th. So, guys, we're getting excited. We, you know, I think trying to trying to change up our webinar strategy is going to do more of these LinkedIn lives. And we have one coming up. Uh, it's really going to be looking at the difference uh, between HubSpot CMS and WordPress. So if you're thinking about building a new website, you're thinking about maybe adding HubSpot CMS and what can it do and looking at the pros and cons. Uh, both platforms, very useful, very helpful, kind of depends on your situation. And we're going to walk through the kind of the the pros and cons for each in different situations and different categories based on some of our rankings internally and, and how we kind of view those. Uh, and that is Thursday at story. Do you have it offhand? Uh, 12 o'clock uh, Pacific time. Pacific. Yep. yep. Thursday, okay. September 15th. Uh, as soon as we're done with this one, we'll create a new event for it mm -hmm. and everybody get excited. We're going to be doing more of these. So, Yay. well, get excited or just tune me out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, this was a recording of a LinkedIn live we did. Uh, we will link to the inbound reca recap video in the show notes. We'll also link to the HubSpot versus WordPress uh, conversation we had. That was also a LinkedIn live. That also will be a podcast episode. So you can click on the link in our show notes or you can just wait patiently for that episode to hit your feed. Thank you, everybody, and we hope you enjoyed this, this episode and enjoy the rest of your day.